So everyone hated middle school, right? I'm not the only one that hated middle school. All right, everyone loved middle school. All right, so this story's not going to go great. Um, but I was in middle school, and I was in sixth grade, and I hated the bus so much. The bus was like the worst part ever of middle school. And um, so this kid, I'm not going to name him, but he was like the bully in, on the bus. And he used to pick with everybody. He would grab people, like throw people onto the seats. Like he was intimidating. You did not want to mess with this guy. And so one day, he just has this like big water bottle just like this. And he goes up to some kids just like messing with them. I forgot the whole, like all the details. But um, he goes up and he's, about, he's like, yo, I'm about to pour this water bottle all over you. And me, a little sixth grade kid, somehow has got the courage. I get up on my seat. I, don't, I think the Holy Spirit controlled me that day because I don't know what was going on. I get up, stand right in, front, in between the two guys. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I peed two times in my life, in my pants. One, right before my fourth grade band concert. I was so excited, got so nervous. I let a little bit out, just a little bit. And that moment right there... You know what he said to me, though? I like you. Goes back in the bus, sits down, nothing ever happened. I was like, what did I just do? Do I win, like, a Nobel Peace Prize or something? I'm freaking out. And it was on News 12, like, there was cameras. No, I'm joking. Um, But the reason why I start there is because, honestly, as I look out and I go to different churches and I meet different people and all my life experience growing up, I just feel like a lot of us Christians aren't standing up for the righteousness. And and my heart tonight really breaks for people who are just falling away, who aren't really serious about their relationship with God, who kind of one foot in the world, like, okay, like, I'm going to drink, party, smoke a little bit, Monday through Saturday, Sunday's for the Lord, though, and then it repeats. Those, Those people honestly break my heart because they're not really standing up for anything. And just my, I feel like my life mission, my life goal, and everything I want to do is reach those type of people. And so for you tonight, you know who you are. You know if you're faking it. You're faking this relationship with God thing. You're just going through the motions. You really don't care about Christianity, what Jesus has to say. You just come here for religious purpose. My fear, I'm here for you tonight. Because what's at stake for you tonight is I really don't want you wasting your life. Like, I, I honestly don't want you wasting your life because God created such a beautiful and amazing life for you. And if you're just one in the world, in the, in the church, just playing games, man, you're missing out on something amazing. You're missing out on something amazing. And it's just this idea, man, like what is it? What's the real thing? Like Christianity, like, like what does it look like to be part of the real thing to not just have this fake faith, to have a real, genuine faith in Jesus. Because as I look out at so many churches, I just feel like a lot of people are just faking it and going through the motions. Because, look, honestly, man, the world is dying out there. It's broken. It's chaotic. Just turn on the news. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day, and, like, one video after the other just... It literally was just terrible things. Just, I, can't, I don't even want to share it because it was just so bad. And literally ruined my entire day. This world is broken. And this world needs Christians who are not just faking it, but who are really pursuing Jesus with everything they have in them. So tonight, I want to encourage all of us. Even if you are doing that, I want to encourage you to keep on going. But if you're not, I want to offer you something better. 
So glad that you're here checking us out. I want to show you something really cool. So we're going we're gonna to read the Bible tonight. It's, it's got some answers. It's got some hope in us for us today. And so we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3. And so you guys can turn there on your phones, in your Bibles. We are a BYOB type of church. Bring your own Bible. What did, I, what did you think I meant by that? So I'm going to be reading from my Bible, and you guys can turn to Daniel 3. And so just before we get into it, it's, I, we're kind of like in the middle of a movie. I'm going to jump to like the middle of the movie. So I need to show you the context of this movie first. And so this is a story called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe if you grew up in church, you kind of know that story. But it's just these three people on this, this, this time with the Babylonian Empire. You guys remember that from history class? was ruling. And so Babylonian Empire... Burned down Jerusalem, took the temple, and took Israel, made them captive. And Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonians at this time, and he was really a smart dude. Because the Babylonians were super good at brainwashing people. I love brainwashing kids. Hold on, pause for a second. I love brainwashing kids. So I work at a rock climbing gym, and so as the kids climb up the wall, they get up to the top, they're super excited, they come on back down, and I'm like, you didn't climb up the top of the wall, you didn't make it to the top. I know, pray for me. I need some help. But I'm like, I'm trying to brainwash it. And he's like, yeah, I did. I touched the top. And they're like, I'm like, no, you didn't. I guess I did. And then so I could see some kids. I'm like, maybe I didn't do it. Maybe I didn't touch the top. Pray for me, please. Um, but yeah, so Nebuchadnezzar, super good at brainwashing people. He goes to their identity, these people's identity, and just switches around, changes it all about. Like, for example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, those weren't their original names. And they, when Nebuchadnezzar took them, he changed um, Shadrach, who was once Hananiah, which means God is gracious. Meshach was once Michelle, and that was who was like God. Abednego means Azariah, which means God helps those. Uh, he's a servant, God's servant, pretty much. Um, and so they just, he brainwashes them, and the, one of the craziest things he does is he takes these people, and he gives them a good life. He sets them up has a nice job, has a nice house, 401k, like the whole bit, makes them nice so that maybe, you know, they start thinking maybe Nebuchadnezzar is good or maybe he is God. That's his goal. And so his goal, right, is to think, is to make these people think that he's God, he's in control. And so he builds this statue, a 90-foot statue of himself, gold, all about him. And he makes a law that says, when the music plays, when, when music is playing, everybody in the entire nation bows down to the statue. If not, you get thrown in the furnace. So that's the context of the movie, and we're going to jump into Daniel chapter 3. And, it's, and it says this. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denouncing the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zipper, I don't know how to say that, lyre, harp, pipe, 808s, kick, snares, trap music, country music, any kind of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whatever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing fire. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs and providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, 
Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, 808s, trap music, country music, all kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made for you, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So picture this. Thousands of people, they hear the music, all fall down, but there's three people standing up, not budging, not backing down. First point I want to make tonight is that real faith obeys God. If you have real, true, genuine faith, you're going to obey God. And so why didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bow down? Because they're commanded not to have any other idols before God. And so what real, true faith looks like is that at all costs, you're going to obey God. One of my favorite artists growing up was named Lecrae, and he, the first album that I really got into him is, was Rebel. And his whole idea he was talking about in this album was that, you know, everybody's in, in, in the urban communities going out, selling drugs, you know, doing whatever they want, shooting, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, everyone's doing that. To really be a rebel, I'm going to read my Bible. That was his whole goal in that album. And for us today as Christians, if we obey God, we're going to have to stand out against culture. We're going to have to say, because here's the deal. The rest of the world, everyone's going out to the bars on the weekends, getting drunk. Everyone else is having one-night stands, indulging pornography, drinking until they're blackout drunk, smoking, whatever, and being dependent upon any substance other than Jesus. Like, they're full of themselves. Like, everybody else is doing that. If you truly want to be a rebel, read your Bible. Follow Jesus. Obey God. Because that is what real faith is like. Real faith is countercultural. But here's the deal, right? I could say that, and you might be like, I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to stand out in front of culture. The real faith, man, real faith obeys God, but they know why we do it. Like, as Christians, maybe you thought here tonight that we're just a bunch of people listening to this old ancient book that really has nothing relevant to do with our lives, and we just follow these rules, and we come out here on Sundays, pray, worship, we just be nice people, we try to be the best people we can, and then we go to heaven. There's reasons why we obey God. There's reasons why we shouldn't just go sleeping around with whoever we want to sleep around with. Why? Because God designed sex to be beautiful and amazing in the right context. And that's a good thing. God's not looking to rip you off or be a killjoy, he's looking to set you free tonight. He's looking to set you free. He doesn't want you to be dependent on a substance to make sure you have a good time. He doesn't want you to be, be, be careful with every word that you, comes out of your mouth, man, not ripping people apart, not lying, gossip, cursing, just being just whatever with your words, man. He wants you to be careful with your words. And there's reasons why for that. I could just... I could talk about that for the rest of tonight. But there's reasons why, and they're good, because here's the deal. The whole point could summarize it in this sentence is that sin leads to death. That everything that you want to do, everything that you think is right, and is contradicting to God's word, leads to death. It doesn't fulfill you. And man, I, 
for me personally, like I grew up in the church. I, I, I never really experienced like drugs and like, you know, this terrible lifestyle, quote unquote, which Jesus loves and could save you from that. But I just know the little bit I've went away from God's word. When I did what is right in my own eyes, I just saw that it always led to death. Relationshiply, there were different things, man. In different areas of my life, sin always brought death. It never led to life. But God tonight wants to give you life and life abundantly. And that's why, man, I'm crazy about God. It's because growing up, I thought that. Growing up, I thought, oh, I have to be this super good Christian, this tucked in shirt and everything like that, and I have to do this and do that. And, and No, man, God wants, God made these rules, made these things, and they're beautiful and they're amazing in the right context. But when you do what you want with them, it leads to death. This is really important. I want you guys to get tonight. Like I just said before, that Nebuchadnezzar offered these Israelites a, a fake reality, right? And I believe tonight that the world is offering you a fake reality. And what is the world saying? Follow your passions. Follow, follow the, your heart. Do what makes you happy. The Bible says something different. And the Bible's not out to hit you over the head, be judgmental, but in kindness, lead you to repentance and show you that, no, this is fulfilling, this is satisfying, that Jesus is enough, that God offers life and life abundantly. Real faith obeys God and knows why, and the why is sin leads to death, but God brings life and life abundantly. No matter what we feel, no matter what we desire, his word is good. But here's the deal, right? I say, oh, God offers life. But we, in the middle of the story, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in a point right now that seems kind of bad. Their life is literally at stake. And the truth is tonight, life's hard. Like, right? We can all agree upon that. No matter if you're atheist, agnostic, whatever you believe here tonight, you can probably agree with that life sometimes is hard. And what does real faith look like when life gets like that? So let's just keep reading on in this story. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. We know we didn't bow down. We know we didn't listen to you. But we don't need to defend ourselves. That's why if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. I mean, talk about faith, right? That's the type of faith that Christianity loves. Like, God will heal me. God will provide. God will be there when I need him to be. And everything will be perfect because my God's good and he loves me. And everything's going to work out just like I planned it. But I don't think that's the type of faith that God wants us to have. I think it's this type of faith. Because they go on to say, but even if he does not, even if he doesn't save us from you, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I think tonight, man, that 
no matter who you are. We need that even if type of faith. That man, God, I believe you're going to give me a girlfriend. I believe you're going to give me a spouse. But even if you don't, I'm not going to go out with those friends, do stupid things, do things I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. God, I believe that you're going to give me new friends, but even if you don't, I'm not going back to those old ones because they always lead me down the wrong path. God, I believe you're going to give me that job promotion. I believe you're going to give me that better house and a better future, but I'm not going to cheat even if you don't. God, I believe, I seriously want you to heal me, but even if you don't, God, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still gonna, still going after you. I'm still chasing after you. God, I believe you're going to change these desires within my heart. But even if you don't, even if you don't take away the lust, even if you don't take away the pride, even if you don't take away the same-sex same sex attraction or any of these things that are going against your word, and, to, and it just doesn't, I just want to do what I want to do, but even if you don't change these desires from me, I'm still going to obey you because, God, you are good and your word gives life to my dry bones. I'm not settling. And I'm not backing down. Man, these guys obeyed God at all costs. And like, talk about genuine faith, man. Talk about genuine what it looks like to have real true faith because God didn't promise this life to be easy. A lot of you may have walked away from God because of this, because life's been tough on you. Life's been hard. And you've walked away because of that. We've just, and I'm sorry if, if your story is, is brutal and painful and, and you've walked away from God because of that. I want to know your story. I'm going to be right here after my message. Come talk to me. If you disagree with me, come have a conversation with me. I would love to talk to you. I want to hear your story. I'll stay there as long as I have to. But man, this world's broken. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, this world is broken. There's a problem. And life doesn't always go as we planned. You might be even living in your even if right now. And you might think God is causing this. You might, you might think he's mad at you or just simply not real because of the brokenness you're facing. But I want to show you that there's hope here tonight for you. There's hope. I don't have your specific answer on why your life is terrible. But I do know the person who could be there for you. Day in and day out, no matter how bad things get. His name is Jesus because I'm crazy about Jesus and because he is crazy about you. But the good thing is, the story isn't over. It's, it's far from over. So if we look in verse 19, it says this, And Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, which if you really think about it, is kind of crazy. Because if you're really mad at somebody, you want somebody to, like, to suffer, right, and be like a really slow and painful death. He's like, turn it up seven so they just vanish. 
crazy. This guy is so mad, and he commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing the robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Some of you guys are going through fire, right? Seems like you're just walking through hell. And you just might seem like your story is over. You're done. But God's mad at you. There's hope. Let's keep reading. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and that were thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. So Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, and, and the governors and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor their hair was nor was a hair of the head singed, or their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. And so tonight, if you're going through that fire, and you feel like nothing is going your way, and you just feel like your life is over, if you real faith, real genuine faith in Jesus endures because simply in Jesus, that so tonight, if your life sucks, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, his promise is that he'll never leave you. His promise is that he'll never forsake you. He's going to be with you through that fire, through that trial. That's the promise of God. So yeah, he might not take the circumstances and make them the way you want them to make them, but it doesn't matter. He's with you through it. He's with you through that hardship. He's with you through that loneliness season. He's with you through that the anticipation and that waiting. It doesn't matter because real, genuine faith endures because simply because of Jesus and his promise to you tonight is he won't leave your side. He won't forsake you. You need him. He's going to be the only way you get through this. Real, genuine faith endures because of Jesus. When you obey God and when you trust in him, whatever circumstance is going on, because Tonight, man, whatever, whatever that situation is, God's kindness, God's goodness is not determined by your circumstance that you're walking through. You might be walking through hell, but that's not defining God's kindness towards you and, and his love towards you. He's still crazy about you. And when you obey God and trust in him, and when bad things come, he'll lead you through it. And the best part is, the best part is tonight, because of these guys' faith in God. We see and later on, if you want to keep reading, you can read it afterwards, but Nebuchadnezzar was convinced, man. His mind was changed that, man, this God, these people, man, whoever's God, this guy's, I'm like, this, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. And so tonight, if you're going through that hardship and you have real faith in Jesus tonight, 
Be encouraged. Because while you're walking through that hardship, and when it might seem like all hell is breaking loose, man, that tonight people around you can look at you and say, man, this person is different. And man, this person, like, they're lonely, but they're so happy. Like, they're not having sex, they're not drinking, they're not partying, they're not doing, but they're having, they have a good life, and they're super joyful and super kind. This is the faith in Jesus, man, that the world can see you having real, genuine faith, and it changes skeptics' minds. You want to talk about abundant life when you're walking through cancer? I mean, I'm so encouraged by Doug Jansen's mom, who, if you guys don't know, I, I, she grew up, like, I grew up, and I wanted to do worship because of her, because of Doug's mom. And when she had cancer, and was going through that rough time, man, how she was acting in the faith that she had was changing so many doctors. Like, doctors were like, why is she so joyful in this season? It's because she had real, genuine faith. And man, that's, a, that's, that's something so deep, man. And that's a life that's not all about you. It's about God. And that's freaking amazing. When you see people's minds being changed because of, because of your faith. So man, we talked about a lot tonight. We talked about a lot. The bottom line, I just want to get to real quick is that a real faith in Jesus is all in with him. That a real, genuine, like I'm going after him for the rest of my life type of faith is going all in with Jesus. Your heart, your mind, your attitude, your thoughts, everything, you've decided to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. Not listening to yourself, not listening to your emotions, not listening to your philosophy and what you think is right. It's going in all in Jesus because that tonight is real genuine faith. And the world needs that, man. The world desperately needs that. So are you all in with him? Are you all in? Like, can you say right now in this moment, for the rest of your life, you're pursuing Jesus, that he is your treasure, he's your, he's your everything. Tonight, have you given every part of your entire life, your soul, your heart, your mind, your everything to Jesus? There's this true story um, in a village in India. This family got saved, put their life in Jesus. They, they were declaring, man, like we're going all in on Jesus. And that village, that chief, didn't like that so much. And, and the rest of the village didn't like that either. And so they get this angry mob to form, take the family, and they just roam this family into this public square where everyone's yelling at them, spitting at them, like, oh, what are you doing? So the village chief comes up. And he's like, all right, renounce your faith. He says to the guy, he says, renounce your faith or your children will die. Guys, like, baffled, like, newly saved, like, probably doesn't know the Bible, the whole Bible, doesn't probably know all scriptures, not maybe, doesn't have the best theology. But he, once he got saved, he wrote a song. And so he didn't know what to do. 
So he just starts singing the lyrics of the song. And so he said this, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Tragically, the chief orders to kill this man's children. Children die. Crowd roars like, yeah. He's like, all right. I'll give you another shot. This time it's your wife. Says this. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Tragically, watches his wife get murdered. Crowd roars, village chiefs like, all right, this is it. It's your life. He says, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Guy gets murdered. It's crazy. The story doesn't end there. And the village chief was just so, just couldn't believe what he saw. The type of faith that this family and this man had. And he just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's crazy because this family that newly saved, gave their everything to Jesus, literally died for Jesus. They didn't end up like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, they actually died. But yet because of their faith, the village chief was like, you know what? You know what? Started looking, and he's like, you know what? This is crazy. I'm all in on Jesus. He ordered the entire village to come back into that public square. It's like, look, guys. They were right. I'm all in on Jesus. He, the whole village now is getting saved. The gospel spreads like wildfire because of this family's faith, because they were decided to follow Jesus. And tonight, are you like that? Do you have that same type of faith? A faith that obeys God at all costs, knowing that he gives life and that sin actually gives death. And that through the difficulties, through the hard times, is willing to trust him and it might not make sense, but it's willing to trust him because he's good. And maybe because of that crazy faith that you have, you can make a difference in this world. Because this broken world needs Christians to stand up, have real faith in Jesus, obey God, stand out, and make a difference. Are you in? Are you all in on Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, tonight we come before you broken, humbled by your love, realizing, God, that we don't have all the right answers. Realizing that our way of doing things isn't working out. So God, we need you. Come. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Christians here in this room. Now, are you all in on Jesus? Is, is there any part of you that you know isn't all in on Jesus? Or you, you still have that same sin struggle that you need to need to start dealing with, you need to start changing, that you're just not really, really struggling with it, you're just giving in because you don't care anymore. 
Because maybe tonight you might be saved, but you might not actually be free. You might be going to heaven tonight, but you're going to be wasting this life that you have right here, right now, that God wants to do in and through you. Christians, have you given every part of your heart? And if you're not a Christian, if you're not someone who's fully in on Jesus tonight, first thing I want you to know is that you're loved so much. That God created this world so perfect and so amazing, and because of man's rebellion against him, led to this downfall, brokenness. But God didn't just leave us out to dry. He came as a person named Jesus, lived an amazing life, and then died the death that he didn't deserve, and rose back from the dead, and wants to give you life, an everlasting life, and not just this life that's for heaven, but an amazing life right now. He doesn't want you to keep doing that same thing you're doing. He wants you to give everything to him. And that's hard. That's a process. And you might not be ready for that tonight. But you could start just simply by having a conversation with God. If he's tugging on your heart, if he's asking you to give more of him tonight, don't, don't resist it. Stop saying no to it. Stop playing games. You know that Jesus offers life. So give your everything to him. So you could say something like this. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doing the wrong thing. I'm doing things my own way. But tonight, God, I draw a line in the sand. So I've decided, Jesus, to follow you, to obey you at all costs, to trust you with my entire life. Realizing, God, that your life is better. That sin leads to death. And I'm going to trust you through the hard times. Just trust and obey you, Jesus. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for your love. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can stand as we close out with the final song here tonight.